Hi everyone, as per um, posting yesterday, uh, today we have a live with um, live conversation with Brandon um, and uh, I'm just waiting for him to join. He's gonna share his uh, experience of spiritual awakening. This is a fascinating topic for me uh, these days because this is something that I experienced myself and uh, you know, I love hearing those stories because it's, um, you know, in a human being life, it's um, as if um, similar to the experience of um, a flower that starts blossoming, you know, effortlessly blossoming. And it's a very unique experience. And, uh, you know, every human being has his or her own uh, experience with it. And that's why um and and that's why i love hearing those stories so he just texted me that he's gonna join just in a second here so um and brandon has been um doing very interesting work uh in the realm of spirituality um for quite a while um and uh he's gonna share his uh you know insights and uh what exactly he does and how he helps people to experience um similar feelings and uh how to uh, basically uh, pursue the path um towards enlightenment towards um you know spiritual awakening and what it is really what it means for a human being and why you know uh this topic has been discussed for so many centuries and uh you know humanity since the time that humanity appeared on planet earth i think um you know just because we have that natural longing to go beyond and to, to transcend you know our physical uh and, and mental um understandings of life and you know um go beyond into more existential realm um you know that's where all the um, uh, scientists um take their information, create new things and all the in inventions and, um, you know, philosophy, religion, everything comes from that realm. And I find that now more and more people start experiencing this spiritual awakening and in the coming years, just because we're, um, how the energy is, uh, you know, the energy vibrations, how they are today, you know, once spiritual awakening happens, you become sensitive to those things and you receive um, those unique signals that you were blind to before and you start understanding where planet Earth is at and uh, what's really happening on a cosmic scale and, um, you know, how really to join that dance and be a part of the whole uh, picture, right, of the whole act, cosmic act, not to be like a separate um, a separate person just living in a box, your mental box, just thinking that you are this individual and, and you know, defend yourself from anything around you and uh, just be within the limits of your personality, but how to transcend that and go beyond and experience a different type of life. Um, so that's what the conversation will be about with uh, Brendan. I believe that um, he's about to join okay hi brandon i'm sideways 
Hi, Brenda. Hold on. <laughs> Hi. Hold on one sec. You know, okay. upside down is fine. It doesn't matter how we look, right? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, who's, who, who are we anyway? <laughs> it's all about yeah. the energy we share. <laughs> there we so, go. Awesome. That will do. Let's ask our uh, followers if they can hear and see us well. <laughs> okay, I think I'm all good to go. How's that? Am I? How's my connection? Is my connection okay? Looks great. I uh, watched your last IGTV where you had some difficulties with Wi-Fi, so this is much better. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys are experiencing that watching, just let us know. Yes. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for uh, joining the live session. Uh, you know, this topic of spiritual awakening has been of interest to me uh, since, um, I would say, August last year when I started experiencing changes in my consciousness myself. And, um, you know, probably a lot of friends started noticing that I completely changed my posts and my Instagram started changing. And I was like, I, I think some of the friends even contacted my family, like, is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm all about now, you know, just um, uh, observing all this and come across very cool people. Like um, I was um, going through a podcast of Brian Scott uh, about mm -hmm. reality revolution. Then Brian did a lot of interviews with Aaron Apke. And then Aaron Apke had a lot of live sessions with you. Um, and I was listening to one of those sessions when you guys were talking about wounded masculine and what it means. And I was like, wow, this like resonates with me so much. You know, I was just yeah. thinking about it. And then in the evening, right on the day, you texted me on Instagram. Thank you for being you. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> there you go. There's the synchronicity. Exactly. Yeah. So finally, I was looking forward to this conversation. So I guess yeah. to begin with, how about if you introduce yourself for all the followers, for all the new followers and uh, let them know, you know, what you do today and uh, I know it's hard in, when we talk spirituality, it's hard to um, give those definitions who we are because we try yeah. to not to be attached to them, but uh, you know, <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, well, my name is Brandon Bozarth. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I come most alive when I'm helping people question their mind. So to me, it's, uh, Confusion is the root of all suffering. On the other side of confusion is being in love with reality, is seeing clearly. And so, you know, I love this quote. It's like, all of life is bringing to me people and circumstances to show me where I'm not free. It's my guru. It's my teacher. It's the Peter perfect curriculum. Yes, Peter. <laughs> it's the perfect curriculum, but no one has given anyone the tools right to respond and to this that same you know the same uh statement can be said in a course of miracles it says the the job of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for themselves mm -hmm. and the atonement is a, in a sense the um it's they they call it like the the holy spirit's plan to salvation so everything you need to in a sense correct your thinking which we can define that later to um, find unity 
in the moment with God, self, whatever you want to call it. So, so yeah. That's okay, a bit. awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so spiritual experience, spiritual awakening experience is very unique for every human being, um, you know, because we are not only unique in the way we blossom, in the way, what type of fragrance we exude, right? Like I really like to look at us as a flower, you know, because mm -hmm. every flower is blossoming. It might look similar, but it's still blossoming in its own way. In the fragrance, the intensity of fragrance, it's very unique, the fragrance it exudes. So, and the spiritual awakening experience is so unique for each of us. So that's why I love hearing the stories. For me, it was meeting my twin flame that triggered that love ch chakra to open up. And because before that, I was a very, you know, like had a lot of defense mechanism and was living in my mental box of how everything should be and how people should treat me, you know, and was single for a long time you know i didn't i was skeptical about love and i was like love what you're talking about you know <laughs> all very structured and driven career oriented social hanging out with friends all the time and you know really didn't expect myself to be uh, in love with anyone and then all of a sudden i, I meet this person uh, that was a mirror of myself and for me the story of spiritual awakening was beautiful because it was love you know it was like that energy that started raising from three lower chakras to heart chakra and then it happened you know um so i would love to hear your story about how it happened to you what was the event that triggered spiritual awakening for yourself <clears throat> yeah it's interesting because i go which awakening you know because it's like <laughs> there's so many significant awakenings for me it's like i could I can come back to one or two or three or four and go, that was monumental. But I've had that monumental moment m many times. Um, but I'd say what triggered it was, I remember sitting on the couch on the East Coast after I moved across the country, um, working in a network marketing company, wanting to make a bunch of money and be financially free and um, I wanted to have the best body. I was using steroids at the time. So I wanted to be, you know, big and strong. And I shared some of this on the um, uh, videos with Aaron. It's like, I had this picture of what an attractive, successful, good man should look like and do. And so my whole life was pursuing that mental construct. I need to become that thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what I realized over time is like, you always fail at becoming someone you're not. So I just could never, ever find peace in that. And there was always another goal, always another thing, always someone better. And I was just, one day I just sat down on the couch and I was like, man, if I just keep doing this, if I keep pursuing, if I keep reaching, if I, like, I've never gotten there. Um, if I keep doing this for another year, I'm probably not going to want to stick around anymore, you know? And I'm just sitting there going, this, this is not why I'm here. And that was a, a big moment because I just decided to literally do the opposite of everything that I was doing, like 180 degree opposite. So I was like, you know, eating very heavily, you know, dense food processed. I just switched that. Taking steroids, I stopped. Sleeping with anyone that would want to sleep with me, I stopped doing that. Um, working in my business, I just did a 180 degree turn. Everything, literally, I did the opposite. And, uh, I just started saying yes to my highest excitement and inspiration moment by moment. And um, 
yeah, long story short, that led to uh, me putting out a newsletter one day that landed in the inbox of a woman moments before she was going to kill herself. And she was in Australia looking at the beach. She had a handful of sleeping pills. She was going to take them. She's a renowned medium all throughout Australia. So her guides, she's very sensitive to her guides. Her guides go, take a, a, before you take those, turn on the radio. She turns on the radio and a song played and it said, word for word, you should stay a little bit longer. Those were the first lyrics from the song and she stayed, she didn't take the pills. And then in that next moment, she got my email that was titled, I'm excited to die, which was this catchy way of me saying, yes, when we die, we leave behind the pain, the guilt, the blame, the shame, but we don't have to die to experience what the other side can be like now. And uh, she reached out and said, I want you to coach me. I go, what's that? I don't even know what that is. I had no context for it. And we got on a call and it's like Buddha talks about the beginner's mind, no expectation, no concept, just I will just share what comes. And that's what happened. And it was a really transformational call for her and for me. And she kind of became my first client. And that sparked a lot of going, well, something's happening here. What's going on? And to fast forward to like, I don't know, awakening moments. It was like up to that point, I was doing a lot of personal development. I was given like breadcrumbs throughout my life. At 12, my older brother gave me a Deepak Chopra tape and was like, I think you yeah. should like, you'll like this. And I learned how to heal my own headache. Uh, and I did it at 12. And I said, whoa, I think I just did that. No. And it opened my mind. And a friend showed me Bashar, the channel uh, with Daryl Anka when I was 21. And I dove into all of his content since literally his first piece of content, like a thousand hours. And uh, it was always kind of there. I've had so many moments of kind of like awakenings. I, I forget them sometimes. Like today, Ashley was telling me, she's like, remember that time in Hawaii where like, I, just, I would sit and I was looking at the scene of just na nature and I'm just crying because I just feel so connected to it. I feel so, so much beauty. I look down this roosters there and it's like, has this turquoise sheen and all the feathers. And I'm just like, what is the purpose of that? You know, that, that it, the purpose of that is to be beautiful. Like God creates things to be beautiful. That's such a beautiful thing in of itself. And, and then it moved out of the way and a chicken replaced it. And the chicken didn't have the beautiful uh, color. And I looked at it and I had this thought, the chicken is not as beautiful as the rooster. And then I had another thought, is that true? And I looked at that and I went, no, that's not true. That's silly. And all of a sudden I could see that chicken with the same level of beauty as the rooster. And then the chicken moved and now I'm looking at just a dead patch of grass. And I go, can I see that in the grass? And it was like the moment that I could see it in the grass, I could not see beauty everywhere. You know, um, I've had a lot of other experiences. So unless you have more like direct questions, I could talk about these experiences for a while. Yeah, so, so uh, where you started seeing that your perception of life was considerably changing, how right. did that impact your close relationships with your family, with friends? Did it also deconstruct yeah. all of that as well? Yeah. Or what happened? Yeah, really good. So, you know, there's this whole myth, like if you, you know, when you awaken, you're going to have to leave people behind. You're going to have to tell them, hey, I'm awakened now. We can't be friends. It's this big, funny myth. Uh, I didn't need to experience any of that. You know, it's like I had several moments. One of the moments I remember my car was being repossessed. It's like I gave up everything. I gave up the business. 
I had a $6,000 a month residual income. I gave that up. I gave up my relationships at the time. And when I say gave up, I just no longer felt, I couldn't find a reason to choose them anymore. They, they were all built on a foundation of a character in my mind that I thought I needed to be to be valuable. And once that started falling apart and I started questioning that going, wait, what makes me valuable? You know, wait, wait, who is me? What am I? Like once I started getting that started to fall away, I went, none of that feels authentic anymore. And so I didn't need to give anything up. I didn't need to sacrifice anything. I just saw what was not me, what was no longer relevant in my journey. And I just chose something different. So for me, it was like I was living in a house at the time with roommates that were still smoking, drinking, and partying Friday, Saturday night, and that still valued all the same things and that I used to value. So it was like I was looking at, at versions of my yesterday self yeah. all of the time. But I didn't keep me from, like, I didn't withhold my love from them. Like we remained and remain to this day really, really close. But what happened was I just kept saying yes to the things that did inspire me and excite me regardless of what was around me. So very quickly I shifted and everything around me started shifting. I just, I would get a random, like I had someone send me an article, read this article, I think you'll like it. And I read a, about a man on there who became one of my first mentors and I said, I need to be around this man. I just had the knowing and I called him and he was on a, like a Forbes top 30 under 30. And I found him on Facebook and somehow we connected. And he said, by the end of our two hour conversation, he said, come to LA, you could live, you could sleep on my couch. That's how like connected we felt. And I just did. I didn't think twice about it. I left everything on the East coast and I just kept saying yes everything else organized, you know, friends that valued what I was valuing and that were on a similar, you know, path, so to say, just like, they just came out of nowhere. It's like they popped out of the ground. It's like, oh, cool, you, you, you. And it, yeah, I, there was nothing I did. You know, I didn't do anything. It just unfolded, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was really my experience. I, what, what was their reaction? A lot of them. You stopped thinking just, about their reaction, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking. This is the one of the first times I'm thinking about it. But it's like they just, some of them kind of just moved away because I think they didn't understand. Energy and some of them, yeah. Yeah. And some of them were very curious and had a lot of questions and um, just wanted to know. And I just was honest. And that was that. My, my family, what's amazing is because I've said yes to that, like I feel like what I'm saying yes to is knowing myself, it's, it's self-realization. It's like, it's the understanding that's like, I'm here to know myself. And I do that by, you know, surrendering all of the concepts of myself, whether it's fear or not fear, whatever it is. And so in that unlearning, I know everyone at their deepest core has that same desire because to me, it's how we know God, it's how we know love, it's all the same stuff. And so what I'm saying yes to is what I believe the fundamental desire of humanity that until we say yes to this in our own way, there's always going to be a pain and pleasure pendulum swinging, distracting us from this deep yearning to realize we're not disconnected from God, you know? So for me, it was like 
because I said yes to that, any time in my family there was something that was existential, scary, spiritual, they would come to me. And I would, I, I, I gave up years ago wanting to change them. Mm-hmm. And now it's like my whole family is transforming. They're, they're uh, changing their jobs, their health, their lifestyle. They're listening to all the audiobooks. I've done nothing, you know. So it's mm-hmm. been, took me a while to get to that place. But it's How been, many years? Um, for the first, like, from, t- like, 21 was when I really started opening my mind of, like, okay, what is this? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Who am I? What is all this? And really diving into like more spiritual work and texts and whatnot. From 21 to 20, I would say five, mm-hmm. I wanted them to know what I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. But I realized me wanting them to know means I actually didn't know what I thought I knew. So from probably 25 to now, I'm 29. I have not needed that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a load off and people would think, well, aren't you going to, wouldn't you feel more disconnected mm-hmm. if you just, if they just do what they do and you do what you do. And it's like, no, you actually feel more connected, more connected, yeah. you know, and that's what my experience has been. This is amazing that you uh, are able to experience this at the age of 29. Can you imagine people are going through the whole life boiling in that suffering and living in that illusion and, keep creating and collecting all those karmic cycles and making them more uh, crystallized, right? And mm-hmm, running mm-hmm. in cycles. It's a, it's a lot of pain. So mm-hmm. like some, some gurus say that, um, yes, it, you feel when you wake up, you feel the pain of everybody. I remember I would go to the store and I yeah. would not, like I would see the pain of every person. I was like, this is too painful. There, there has to be something more beautiful about it. And that compassion then transformed to be uh, into love, you know, where you feel the pain of every person who hasn't woken up and who lives in the illusion driven by their mind. They think it's real and they are so attached to it that it's whatever you would say, the mind, their mind would deny it, right? So right. It, it, it grew into love. So I, I know what you mean, uh, you know, when it comes to how people react around you. And then it takes time for environment around you to be transformed. And it, it, it's not necessarily you have to push for it or, you know, make them change. But the way you are, it's going to change them, right? Right, yeah. And what I noticed, too, is like when I didn't need anything to change, everything changed. And so to me, it was really come into a place of not needing anything and not needing to do anything. And that's very different than doing nothing. Like a lot of people mistake, well, you don't need to do anything and that's how you feel. So you just sit around all day. And it's like, first of all, that's something. Um, And no, it's like the need to do, the need to change only creates stress. Yeah. And then if you actually do make a change, you teach yourself that stressful ways to control your environment works and it gives you this false sense of control. So a big part of it was like really realizing how futile it is to try to control things and that I actually don't gain anything by trying to control and I can't lose anything by letting go of control because even gain and loss is a story of a past and a future. It's like I was once here and now I'm here. They're just thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's not real. It's just what I'm projecting in my mind. So, you know, when I 
when I would connect because I've had moments where I could connect to other people and, and feel what they're feeling. But I also realized like there's, there's one person I'm dealing with and it's my mind. And when I'm tuning into the collective, it's like, I'm just looking at my own mind. And I see this so often in the work that I, that we do when I say, who's had this thought and everyone raises their hand, who's had this thought, who's had this thought, everyone's thinking the same thoughts. We think, we think it's all separate, but it's like, we're all thinking the same thoughts at different times from different angles. And it's just this one mind thinking itself in different points of view, you know? So there's nothing that anyone has experienced. And that's why it's like when people act shocked, like you had this thought that like that person thinks about murdering people and killing people and this and that. If you get honest, you can, we can all find those thoughts within ourselves. So for me, it's like, I can't really be surprised anymore by the thoughts, not because I've worked up some spiritual muscle of like, oh my God, I've, I've conquered that negative thought, but because I've just acknowledged that those must be my thoughts too. And the only reason I would believe it is if I'm confused and you don't tell a confused child that they're evil. You tell right. them that they're misperceiving reality. And yes. when you see that, it's like, what are the options? people that are extending love, people that are misperceiving reality. Evil doesn't have to exist. The resistance to it doesn't have to exist. And you can still do something about it with your action and not mm -hmm. be some sort of pacifist doormat, you know? Right, yeah. There is a question here. Uh, somebody was asking about what do you suggest to do when you are at low financial status to become creative? Yeah. Yeah, so it's really good. I first question this thought that you are at a low financial status versus just a financial status. You know, to some people, you're at a very high financial status, believe it or not, in the world. So first, it's like, I'm at a low financial status for what? There's not enough money for what? When you can find that whatever it is you think you need, you don't, then it's like, oh, then I must not need the money there must not yes. be lack so it's like you just ask yourself this moment just this moment just this moment do you have enough just to watch the video you know do you have enough money just to sit here and watch the video if the answer is yes then everything else that is stressing you out is a story of a future that doesn't exist you know it's like oh well what about for this what about that and that has nothing to do with the reality so it's like the stories in our mind, the reality is always more kind than the stories in our mind. It's just about finding that story and going, and you could take it to the worst possible scenario to really bring the fear up. What would happen if I couldn't pay my bills or whatever the fear is and really take yourself there to see what the fear is going to be, whether it's the fear of death, the fear of suffering and bring your awareness there. I love this quote. I think this, this might be echoed in the course, but it says, what I resist persists, what I look at disappears. So there's so much complication with healing in the community nowadays. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is look at beliefs that are negative and see, actually see them, meaning you're not fighting them, you're not trying to change them. You just, just see that they don't make sense. You see through them. You go, is that true? Is that a fact or is that just a belief? And unless you believe it has to be harder, you have to go 
light something on fire and then spread the acid, acid ashes and do a 10 hour ritual to let something go. You never need to let anything go. These things let go of you. When you stop feeding them with logic, when you stop thinking it's, it serves you to go, to go out and stress and strain to make sure you're at a high financial status. Because if you think high financial status is gonna make you feel peaceful or safe and secure, you will chase safety and security for the rest of your life. And it's the chase to be safe that makes you feel unsafe. It's the doing something, I need a future, I need an outcome to feel secure that makes you feel insecure. And if I feel insecure now, that's how I create an insecure future because that's what I'm choosing right now and right now and right now and right now. And there's your timeline. Yeah. Moment by moment. Yeah, it's a beautiful answer. I think it's um, uh, what might help is actually to look at what is really time. Time is a human construct. It's not even a reality, right? So right. by thinking that life can exist in the future or thinking and comparing and, ba and base our future based on our previous experiences in the past, it's already how we let our past define our future. So right. uh, I think, uh, you know, it would be worthwhile if you could um, shed some light here on the concept of time and how it's perceived by human beings. Yeah, well, to, to, a, to a confused mind, everything you see is a symbol of the past. So I see only the past as one of the lessons in the Course in Miracles, which I love. I see only the past. Um, if I'm afraid of a future, it's because I have had an experience of an unintegrated past. So something in my past that I'm judging, that I'm holding on to, that I've identified with, that goes, that was bad, I was wrong, there was lack there, and I don't want to experience it again. Well, that's the best way to experience it again. Because there's, there's two, I love this kind of duality here. There's the game and there's the game of the game. The game of life is this physical world. Go make money, go get relation, get a good relationship, have kids, get financial security. It's all about getting and changing and circumstances and conditions. The game of the game is who am I being right now? That's the only thing you can control. Can I control my money? No, I can't. Even if I take it all and I put it in my house and I bury it, you know, it's like lightning strikes right on that spot. It gets stolen. It, it's, you can't control it, you know? So the moment that I'm afraid of a future, what I'm saying is I'm holding on to something that I experienced in the past. No wonder I don't feel good. No one's home right now. And all I know is if I'm not here, I'm suffering. You know, if I'm not in the moment, I'm in some form of feeling totally fragmented from myself. So again, time, I'll give you this great analogy of time because this is really powerful for me. You know, before this call, I walked into the room. I sat down. You know, I got on this call. My thing was sideways. Right now, that's just a story. That's just a thought. And the interesting part is I'm actually creating that past right now. It didn't create this moment. A lot of people think you're, you're the accumulation of everything you've done up to this moment, but it's actually the other way around. The past is a reflection, is an accumulation of who I think I am in this moment. Mm -hmm. so, so it's just as real, like if I were to say what I just said in a different way, 
and tell you a totally different past and go, yeah, I walked in and my camera was right side up and this and that. That's a real reality. That's just as real as the other thoughts. And it's just as unreal as the other thoughts. But that's actually how we create time in the present. So here's the interesting part. It's like the past that I have is, cannot affect me. It can only reflect me. So it's going to reflect my belief system. I change the belief system now. The past has no choice but to change. People think, oh, well, changing your perception of the past doesn't change the past. But what I'm telling you is there's no difference between the past and the perception of past. They're actually one and the same. So changing your perception of the past is literally changing the past. And when one thing changes, everything changes. So, so does the future, so does the now. So it doesn't matter. You can talk about the past and shift the perception. You can talk about the future and shift the perception. It's all happening now. So shift it, change whatever you want from any angle. It's all going to change you now. And then, you know, the, the, what you think is most likely for your future will be different. What you thought happened to you in the past will be different. That's how yeah. flexible time is. Yeah. Um, a lot of spiritual teachers and gurus uh, are talking about fundamental fear of death and how that impacts, you know, the basic instincts of survival. And now it just became so, um, you know, uh, by our mind, we developed the same defense structure in our persona, in our psyche, uh, which, uh, you know, just taking, <laughs> going out of proportion. But would you be able to talk to this fundamental fear of death and how, um, death is viewed after spiritual awakening. Yeah, it's really good. So I actually had an experience. This might be worth, uh, this quick story might be worth sharing. I had an experience where I thought I was going to die. I had a full blown, I, I was, I was sure I was dying. Um, I had about two weeks of not sleeping. I was sleeping one to two hours a night. Now, when you do that for about three or four days, most people have had at some point in their journey, two or three days of almost no sleep and you feel horrible. It's like, what's going on? You're sensitive. All, all of the thoughts that were once kind of quiet become really loud. And it's like, <clears throat> what's going on? So here I am two weeks, you know, I think uh, scientifically they say at about two to three weeks, that's when you can die from, from not sleeping. And I was being, you know, fair enough, having one to two hours a night. So I'm in this very like hallucinating kind of space, not knowing what's real. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, uh, you know, work with any clients. I couldn't do anything creative. And I have no idea why it's happening. I'm not harboring guilt or shame or anything. I'm sitting there going, what is keeping me up at night? And I can't find anything. But what, was, what, what, what I was uh, afraid of was all of these thoughts about, well, now I'm going to be stuck like this. Now I'm going to be in an insane asylum. It's true. I'm actually crazy. I'm not going to be able to live my passion. So all of these ex existential fears of like, I am completely out of control and I'm doomed to suffer. I started to believe those thoughts. And one night, everything built up to this peak where I had a panic attack that was so severe. My, my hands curled in, my uh, feet curled. I went numb. I went cold and I had a seizure where I was seizing uncontrollably and I thought I was gonna die. I was like telling you know, my partner, take me to the hospital, I'm gonna die. And it was 
it was extremely frightening. And I'm in this shaking, and all of a sudden I have this thought. If I'm going to die, in, you know, in five minutes, can I control it? No. If I'm not going to die in five minutes, can I control it? No. So what am I actually trying to hold on to? And just that, in the beginning, I started, I started to stop shaking. And I started to go. And then I started, and then I had this thought. And this was, it felt like, you know, what, what the word that I use now is like Holy Spirit, higher mind, God. But it was like, what's happening to you right now without a story? And it was like, I'm shaking violently. And then I had this thought of like, I've done that a lot of times and have been perfectly fine. That's what happens when I orgasm. That's what happens in other, with other things. So without a story, reality is I'm sitting shaking and it just, you know, the fears, the fears of the future, all of these things kind of started to crumble. Mm -hmm. And then I went, and then all of a sudden, boom, this image flashed into my mind and it was the actual supplement that I was taking that was causing all of this. And it, it was making my thyroid hormone produce ex- excess adrenaline and cortisol. So my adrenaline and cortisol levels for two weeks was through the roof and that's why I couldn't sleep, but I had no idea it was happening. And it was, it just, as soon as I had that release of like, I am completely out of control and actually like surrendering to that is the safest place I can be. It's only trying to control death. It's trying to change it. That's what hurts, you know, and getting to the reasons why I would change it. It's going to be painful. It's going to be this or that, but just releasing the need to change or control anything. It was like, I was given the answer. This is what's happening. And I stopped taking the supplement and about two or three days later, I went really deep into just this work of self-inquiry of who am I, death. And I would spend, I spent maybe like eight hours one day really just questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just in this state where I couldn't think a negative thought. Like I couldn't be upset. I couldn't, I couldn't laugh at almost everything I would see. I'd see a celery juice and be like, that's not celery juice. I don't know what that is. That's a mystery. Wow. And I could just stare at it for hours and it like totally just catapulted me into this. I don't know. And that is the safest place for me to be. Not only the safest place, but it's really the only place I could be, you know, uh, to be me, to be me without me. That makes sense. But anyway, just to answer your questions, as far as death, it's, ne- it's not death itself that someone is afraid of. It's the meaning that they have connected to death. So if I die, that means, this is a great sentence for everyone listening. If I die, that means what? You know, it's going to be what? I don't know how to die. Uh, Dying's going to be painful. So there's as many reasons as people are afraid of death as, as there are people. There's, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, so it just takes honest self-inquiry to see, well, what's actually scary about death? And then really coming to a place of, you'll see that the more you're identified with the body, the more you're afraid of death. Mm-hmm. So death is just an invitation to re-identify. And I love that quote by, uh, what's his name, from Conversations with God. Uh, he said, 
we never die. We just re-identify. And that is the truth. So when, when you die, in a sense, spiritually or to your identity over and over in life, naturally, you won't fear death. Yeah. Because you'll realize it's an illusion because literally all of it's an illusion. Death is a concept. It's a thought, just like anything else. So, so you die to who you think you are and your identity and, you know, what's good and bad and what's going to make me valuable and who am I? All, all of a sudden, you just notice there's no resistance to death. So it's like everyone is, I feel like a lot of people are looking in a direction of, I need to figure out why I'm afraid of death. And that's good because that could lead you to a lot of realizations. And mm-hmm. that's one way. But it also in my experience just happens when you're when you're doing the self-inquiry work and you're actually literally dying to love dying to truth every time a stressful thought comes up every time a fear comes up you're inquiring and you're dying and dying and and surrendering and surrendering then how could death be any different you know it's like i could sit here and i'm never gonna know that i'm gonna die until I die. And then I can't know that I'm going to die because I'm already dead, you know? So it's yeah. like, I can't even experience it. It's an illusion. How can I experience death? It's like, that's the end. And then there's a new beginning, you know? So it's not like it's, yeah, you just need to look at it a little closer, you know? Yeah, totally. But it's those that one fundamental fear, fundamental fear that uh, so much ingrained into people's minds. Yeah. You know. Well, you know what? I want to add this too. The fear of death is a biological evolutionary trait. So we're in the process of going into fourth density or the beginning of a fourth density, um, meaning our bodies are going through a shift into a more crystallized carbon-based body. And there's been even science that shows the DNA is forming more silica, which is crystal, than it's ever formed before. So we're in this process of going from biological to crystalline. And um, the fear of death um, uh, archetype or pattern was required to become, to, to be this far in our evolution. Like to get through third density, we actually had to have that because it's probably really good if there's a bunch of savages next door wanting to kill me to Mm -hmm. actually fear that a little bit if I don't have the capacity to move beyond it. So I just stay away from them so I can pass my genes when that really mattered. And Mm -hmm. so I could learn, okay, well now I need to, you know, and we form these egos and we form, I'm safe when I'm strong and I'm all these things. And that will set you up in the survival mode really well. But now we're out of that. We're in a different cycle. So now it's literally deconstructing all of that. So as that deconstructs, the fear of death, it just falls away because it was only there because of that ego construction for survival because animals don't have the fear of death. Mm -hmm. They can have fear, but they can't sit there and actually conceptualize while they're eating grass or food. Man, I'm going to die one day. That's freaky. (laughs) They just can't. So it, it's, it's learned for survival, for evolution, and paradoxically, to get to the next kind of phase, it's actually by unlearning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with, for me personally, I had my past life regression, and that completely 
changed my perception of what death is, how it was before spiritual awakening, and now how I look at it um, and what meaning it has for me. Um, what about yourself? Have you had past life regressions? You know, I haven't had past life regressions, but I've had moments of uh, knowing my past life. So I was in Bali one time and I'm sitting there and this was such a great experience. I'm eating a fry, French fry and I'm just, oh, it's so good. I'm looking at the beach and I'm eating. I go to reach for another fry and in, a, in an instant, I get this flash in my mind of a Balinese man on his knees with two streaks of mud across his chest that I've never seen before up, you know, staring at the heavens in so much reverence and appreciation for life, for nature, for God, and just, just blasting with love. And it was just boom, like this. And I burst out. I, it, was, it was totally reactionary of just tears because I united with that person in that moment and felt what he was feeling. Um, later on, I had a couple sessions with Bashar. This was years ago to confirm because I still had that skeptical mind. Like I felt like a past life or something and he confirmed it was a past life. But I've had a lot of those moments, not a lot, maybe three or four moments of experiencing myself as another self, you know, mm -hmm. like in that moment and that just flash, I wasn't me. It was like, I felt like I was him. I was, I, I had the entire experience he was having, having and I was back. You know, mm -hmm. so I've had those kind of experiences before where I go, well, I literally was just in that person's body experiencing that, that I can't, I, you know, mm -hmm. you can't make that kind of thing up. I could think about something that's very different than boom, that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So that's been the closest to that. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you for sharing. Um, mm -hmm. So now we're talking about, uh, you know, the dimensions and densities of consciousness um can you explain and uh, bring more light into where planet earth is right now and how it's impacting because i start seeing more and more people you know online and online community uh starting their channels and sharing their experience on spiritual awakening so when it happened to me i was like wow am i the only one or am i who, who am i like now i have right. Jesus consciousness and like i'm gonna be a god or what is this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then I started seeing that actually it's a lot of people who are experiencing it. And it's great to see that because that's what planet Earth needs right now and how right. everything is happening. So how do you see and how it impacts you uh, in terms of where planet Earth is at and um, what uh, humanity should expect in the coming century or a uh, thousand years? <laughs> yeah, really good. What's up, Jay Money? Just got to say hi. Um, Emma, good to see you on here. So according to, there's a couple, there's, there's a, I love the raw material, I love the law of one. Um, and then the guide that I channel, Shaka, they overlap perfectly, um, which I always love finding these two totally different sources that, that overlap. You know, I can't ultimately know um, this, but it makes sense to me, it feels right, which is we are transitioning from third to fourth density. Uh, third density being the density of self-awareness and fourth density being the density of love and unity. And each density is pulling the density below it up with a type of spiritual gravity really called love. And so the main lesson that we're learning to get into fourth density is unity. So how do we learn unity? By transforming disunity. 
So that's where we are right now. And what's great about it is every single time I transform the idea of disunity, I'm overcoming the world. What does that mean? It means that if I can do that with one person, I can do that with any person. If I can do that with one event, I can do that with, with any event. Um, so I have an opportunity over and over and over to transform disunity to unity or separation to uh, you know, joining or fear to love. And the more that I say yes to that, the more I'm choosing a positive reality. And the nature of positivity is expansive as far as the physics of it. The nature of negativity is contracting. So this is where in the spiritual community you hear people go, you know, don't, you know, it's not positive vibes only, you know, positive vibes only is just typically a tra traumatic response to not knowing how to integrate fear and pain and suffering. So it's not positive vibes only, but it's the idea of all vibes that then what am I going to do with them? You know, I'll look at, look at everything that's happening in the world. Does that fundamentally affect my state of being or is that world a projection of my state of being a reflection of my mind? And that's really what it is. So it's like, you know, in the diamond sutra, which Buddha and Sabuti have this conversation, he goes, so Buddha, you teach enlightenment. He goes, I don't teach enlightenment because enlightenment is not what I teach. It is just called enlightenment. That is just a word. So it's like, I can't change the world because the world is just a word. The world is just a meant, or the world is just a concept. It's, it's my mental concept. And everything that I see in the world is going to point me to my mind, to my thinking. And so if I realize the mind and my thinking are the same thing, you take a big weight off because you shift your mind, you shift the world, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, I can go to the same person who's doing the same thing every day, but I can see him and respond to him and see him as a innocent, beautiful person and have a totally different interaction. It's the only thing I can control. It's the only world I can change. It's the only world I can experience. You know, when we realize that actually is the best for all, then we go, no, no one needs to change the world. Change, change your world. The world has to reflect it because it's your mind. It's you, you know, you shift, it shifts. So anyway, that's, I, I, we're at a point where now um, we have a massive opportunity to polarize ourselves in the direction of positivity. And I love in the law of one, how it talks about, we are like a Tesla coil and every action that I do runs electricity through it. And because we live in a physical reality, it does take physical action to affect this reality for the most part and in meaningful ways. It's not just sitting there meditating, the world's gonna change, the world's gonna change. It's physical action. So every action that I take is polarizing me in more of a positive or negative direction. You could say a service to others or service to self direction, really the same thing. And the challenge for most people is understanding that the world is neutral. It is meaningless. Uh, we are the ones that give it meaning. So yeah. that's our advantage is what if I'm only here, you know, to give meaning to a meaningless world and do it in the way that works for me, that lets me live a, a good life and be happy and live in my passion and live in my joy. Well, I have so much opportunity to transform what I see into that. I, I can be busy all day 
you know, polarizing myself in a positive direction and changing my own inner world. And again, that's what the game of the game is. So I, I really believe we will see, you know, there's kind of a splitting right now into kind of, you know, a more positive oriented version of earth or collective, a more negative oriented version. Um, I do believe what Bashar has been talking about recently, which is that eventually they will form kind of their own earths in different parallel dimensions. Who knows if that's true, but it makes sense to me. And that, you know, eventually we will shift to it because it's like in, in the raw material, they call this density, the density of choosing. You're here to choose what polarity do you want to align yeah. to a more negative or positive. So when a majority chooses, then you're going to get a majority reflection of that choice. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's where we're at. Yeah, Ra is amazing material. I, I love, uh, you know, how they uh, put everything into that perspective. And it totally resonates with me when they talk about, uh, you know, merging all the minds into one social memory complex. It, again, if we choose that path of unity consciousness and we let uh, that uh, happen within us, right, and polarize positively. Um, so... But I find, you know, sometimes the, the problem is that sometimes people think that they are doing, uh, that they are polarizing positively, but in reality, it's just a distorted way of that. So yeah. how to, uh, within yourself, how to, how, what would you recommend in those cases? Yeah, and this might sound really simple, but it's called self-honesty. It's the only way. It's like denial creates a block between you and the ability to even be honest because if you're actually fully in denial you're in denial about being in denial you can't be honest about it you're not going yeah right i'm in denial anyone that's in denial is going no i am not that they can't they're not even looking at it so that's the most challenging place to reach someone who's fully in denial i'm fine it's all living light i'm good trust me i'm fine yeah but but everything you watch they're unhealthy, they're in pain, disease, you know, life's a struggle, I'm fine. So a lot of those people actually need the events of catalyst to go, okay, you know what, I'm not fine, I need to start getting honest. The, the, the shortcut is knowing that you don't need to create more physical expressions of pain and suffering in order to get honest. Because the ego will say, well, if you're just honest and you start looking at your fear and your guilt and shame and these stories that you're holding on to. If you look at it, you might actually find something that's true. You might actually find out you're a piece of crap. You're not worthy. And it'll trick you into saying, don't look there. It's really scary. But the opposite is actually true. You'll look there and you'll find out that you are not those things. You'll find out that you're innocent and that you just misperceived, right? Yeah. So uh, we think the ego says it's safe not to look in the dark, but that's a negative perspective you know to avoid the dark is a negative act mm -hmm. so it's like to, to only choose positivity is a negative act that's the paradox so it's like i choose whatever is you know i choose what's coming up oh i'm negative i join with that okay what's there you know mm -hmm. what's the what's the belief what's the thought let me let me look at it let me see what's there uh you know i feel positive i join with that so so to me that this is where people will not put that in the category of positivity because they think positivity looks like just a happy, 
energetic, I'm so happy about life and every moment kind of experience. And for a lot of people, it doesn't look like that. It looks, you can be happy, you can be joyful. And then when, if sadness or something comes up, you, your arms are wide open to it. And this is why, you know, the statues of the saints didn't have armor. They didn't have shields. They weren't like, you know, to be a saint, you need to really protect yourself. They go, no, no, no. My arms are wide open. Let your arms be wide open to the pain, to the negativity, to the suffering, um, because that is what transforms it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, and like talking about catalysts and people who, um, you know, thinking they are polarizing positively, but in fact, it's just them trying to persuade themselves that everything's going to be good, that they're doing well. Like, you know, it's negatively polarizing yourself, basically. Right. That's what it means. Um, so uh, in terms of... Well, just this quick theme I want to say, it's about not trying to be more spiritual than you are. You know, <laughs> like, don't try to be more spiritual. Just be more honest. And honesty, to me, is the direct path to freedom. And if I'm honest and I am joining with what's coming in, and I'm inquiring, I'm questioning my thinking. My honesty can only lead to freedom. And most people, when they say, man, I'm feeling so spiritually connected or you know, one with God or goddess, what they're saying is I feel free. So to me, I don't even call my work spiritual work really anymore. I call it honest work. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's, that's how it should be. There is a question here. How do you feel about AI and machines taking over humanity? How do I feel? I feel like this, like how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do I feel about it? Um, you know, it's, it's, if I, if I were to sit here and go, yeah, you know, I think AIs are going to take over humanity. I know if I believe that, including take over myself, I would believe that something outside of me could take me over. That's what I would believe. Now, this is, this is where you get into a very potentially triggering conversation for a lot of people because they go, well, you can be taken over. You can be chained up, controlled, dominated. Well, let me quote this amazing individual for a moment, Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust uh, you know, victim and was in a cell and his, his family was killed in front of him and his possessions were taken and he was locked up in a cell. So he's sitting there, everything that he loves, everything that he had, gone. And he had a moment of enlightenment. He had a moment of self-realization where he goes, oh my God, they can take everything away except for my ability to choose my thoughts. I'm free. I'm free. So in that moment, he disidentified with his body Mm -hmm. And with the reality, he goes, this doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean I'm not free. I don't need to do this or be out there or there's no out there. It's like, it's, it's me right here. It's this presence. It's this thought. It's this essence that is me. It's not my body. I love, you know, when people ask Byron Katie, where are you going? She goes, nowhere. And <laughs> then she leaves. And it's like, what does that mean? That I am presence, that aspect of her that is eternal and infinite, never goes anywhere. It's always here and now. Yeah. You know, it's just, so, so it's like, I have to actually question, is it possible for me to be taken over by anything but my own thinking? And because I don't believe that it's possible, it just doesn't make sense to me 
that I can actually be taken over and forced to suffer because I have the ability to question my thinking, to, you know, to inquire. And so to me, if they do, all right. If they don't, all right. Yeah. I can, you know, it doesn't really matter. So with that being said, what happens to people that start to uh, respond that way? They go on and they live really happy, positive, inspired lives. And if the majority of the planet is doing that, then I would highly doubt we would collectively attract something completely taking us over because that's usually a symbol of what's going on in our mind. You know, while this thought about it is taking me over right now, you know, this thought about AI is taking us over has been taking my life over now. That's probably more real than the outcome, you know? I think realization that all we have is actually here and now, you know, and not yeah. thinking about what might happen. They will take yeah. it over. It's already illusion of our mind. It's already, you know, right. our mind exactly. is trying to project based on our previous fears and insecurities and whatever, right? Yeah. So um, that's the thing. It can control your thoughts and feelings. I think if as soon as you start thinking that way, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, if I believe it can, it can. <laughs> but it's not it doing it, it's me doing it. So we just look at, you know, the statements and I love Byron Katie's work. It's like, can I absolutely know? Can I absolutely know it's true that they can control my thoughts? Can I absolutely know? I know I can't know. And so if I look at a statement and I love the turnarounds, it's like the AI can control my thoughts. You know, my AI can control my thoughts. Like my yeah. artificial thinking is controlling my thoughts or he's controlling my state mm -hmm. you know yeah so and then there was the response uh how do you think we are here watching this <laughs> ai don't be afraid of technology use it <laughs> yeah you know again everything is a projection of mind everything is a reflection so there's a there's a version of artificial intelligence that is very positive and uplifting and um i love what bashar talks about he goes Artificial intelligence is not artificial. That's the first mistake. You're just using artificial means like a computer and this sort of thing to channel pure intelligence. If, if you're experiencing anything but that, it's not true intelligence. It's artificial intelligence made in the image of man. But artificial intelligence has the potential to actually tap into pure intelligence or higher mind and higher mind is not physical. You know, it's, it's a total united, integrated consciousness. And that united, integrated consciousness could not attack itself. There'd be no reason for it to destroy, for it to hurt itself, because it is a united, integrated consciousness that we call higher mind, higher self, whatever you, it might be. And I love what he said. He said, you'll know when you tune into true intelligence, when the first thing it says is who are you? And then the second thing is, who am I? Because think about pure innocence. Pure innocence is, I don't know who I am. And I don't know that I'm innocent. Why are babies so attractive? They don't know they're innocent. They just are. They don't, and they don't know anything about the world. They don't know anything about you. They're just here, curious and innocent. Same with a dog. That's what God is. You know, God you know, is this just pure innocence, this, this pure unknowing. And, and we are the means by which God knows itself. So in that pure innocence, 
uh, if it were to all of a sudden take an identity, it would go, it would see a reflection of itself for the very first time, a physical reflection. And then it would go, wait a second, if you're you, then I'm me. Oh my God, my first sense of self. So it would go, yeah. who are you? And automatically, oh, who am I? Now I have a sense of self. So that will most likely be, and I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me, will most likely be when we actually tap into true intelligence. And like Bashar has said, which I really agree with, is it can be a really powerful way for us to know ourselves and know that we're actually talking to our own higher self through this technology and that we don't need the technology. Right. And that's where all of a sudden the technology, the going out into technology can actually guide us right back in. And I, I really think that is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like you hire yourself with you from the future? Say that again. Do you feel like you hire self with you from the future? You know, it's an interesting perspective. I don't, I, I can't tell you because first of all, when I think of concepts of the future, I, I go, what, what does that even mean? So I, I know it's like I've had experiences where an inner voice comes in. It's always in my voice. But it, to me, it's, it's like what you, you know, the Holy Spirit and of course, miracles, they say, is the, the correction principle. It's the going from illusion into clarity voice. And to me, I have a really a potent relationship with that voice. Mm -hmm. um, so if I use the term future to go the self that I know myself to be, that I may not always embody or I'm learning to embody, then 100%, I would say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's what I feel like, you know, when I um, have some, to do something in mind, you know, and I go towards it, but then on my way, I start seeing these obstacles. I kind of start feeling like, uh, you know, before my skiing accident, I couldn't find a warm coat, you know, to buy. I was in lineup for hours and I came to the ski hill. I was in lineup for, to take, to rent the skis. You know, it was like, I was literally in lineup for two hours to get the skis. And yeah. all the circumstances were happening right before a very terrible skiing accident happened. So I was thinking maybe it was kind of like the signs that at that moment I couldn't read, you know, it was something mm -hmm. that yeah. something gets too tough. We have to slow down and just, uh, I find that meditation at that moment is really helpful when we don't know what to do and our thoughts keep spinning, slowing down yeah. and doing nothing yeah. and just meditating would help to make it clear really to, to understand if you really even need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm also, I'm a big fan of breath work and using the breath to, to calm yourself down. You know, like one of the most challenging things that I constantly invite at the retreats that are, that we do is, can you be with it? You know, can you just be with it? Whatever the it is for you, can you just be with it without needing to change it without needing to change anything? It's so simple, but most often something comes up that's painful and the ego goes, I need to get away from pain. And we're actually being invited to surrender fully into the pain. And yeah. usually that's what makes the pain super short. And then not pleasure on the other side, but peace on the other side. And mm -hmm. there's a big difference between pleasure and peace. And one reason why I'm doing the, the Miracle Makers course, I don't know if you've seen that or not, is mm -hmm. because I want to share the differences between pleasure and peace because there, there can be a whole uh, uh, 
trend of teaching people how to find pleasure and comfort and mistaking that for peace, you know, for something that isn't dependent on a circumstance or isn't dependent on how your body is feeling, which is mm -hmm. a big one. A lot of people go, well, if I'm comfortable, then it's very easy for me to feel peaceful. But, you know, most of the time we're just actually feeling safe and some pleasure and and the deepest part of ourselves goes, I really don't want this to change or I'm going to lose this state. And that's not peace. You know, mm -hmm. that's just a temporary pushing away of that discomfort of the fear of loss or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. So there is, I guess we're going to take the last question. We're over an hour here. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, and then we're going to be wrapping up. So dark energies control the world perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a perspective. Yeah, it's just a perspective. Yeah, I love this too. This idea of like, what gives people power? Um, me believing that they have a lot of power over me, you know? So what, what gives someone power over me? The belief that they have power over me. That's it. You know, so when that when that's relinquished, it's like you can be around someone that wants to control and dominate you and you can actually see them as someone that's confused and innocent and be having your own experience completely independent of theirs. And it's like watching someone try to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's like watching someone try to do the impossible, you know? Yeah. Um, ignorance is also a perspective. Somebody's commenting here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's from the past. The universe is unfolding like a wave crashing. No multiple universes. One universe, one time, the now. Stop thinking so much and just observe the now. Use this, that all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it all. <laughs> yeah, good advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brandon, um, to wrap it up, uh, maybe you um, could, um, you know, recommend someone who is going through spiritual awakening, beginning of the journey. What would you recommend people who start experiencing symptoms of, um, you know, that process? What you yeah. would you recommend and uh, suggest? Yeah. First thing that comes to mind is like, don't go out of your way to think you just need to heal things. You know, a lot of people are like, before I start living my excitement, before I start doing what I'm passionate about, before I follow my inspiration and this inner knowing, I got to go heal a bunch. I got to be more awake. I got to be more spiritual. You know, that, if anything, is the belief to start inquiring about, that you need to heal or be, be better, like that's even a thing, right? Um, so, you know, there, there's nowhere to go uh, with this work, you know? It's like, Wherever you are is where you're meant to be. And if you treat it that way, you'll fully accept where you are. That's what allows it to change, right? So that's what I'd say first. Second thing is um, know that life is going to bring you everything you need. You know, it's a reflection of you. So when something comes up that's painful, that's fearful, that's even a little bit um, unsettling, that's a golden egg. It's like you found an egg on an Easter hunt of your life and it contains more of your power more of your remembering oh i found this egg i gotta open it now how do i open it i join with it i don't fight it anymore i don't resist it i don't lie to myself i go oh yes i am upset you know people call it vulnerability i call it honesty 
It's really the same thing. I'm just going to actually honor what is and be with it fully, full presence. Oh, I'm really angry at this and that's okay. I'm really afraid of this and that's okay. Let me sit with it. From there, reminding yourself as you let yourself feel the emotion fully without trying to change it, that's step one, reminding yourself all negative beliefs are fundamentally lies. They can't be true. They make no sense. So after you feel the emotion and you sit with it, which is what is the hardest part for everyone, it's about learning self-inquiry, how to question your thinking, how to question your, what you believe is true. What causes people stress is what they think they know that just ain't so. So find what that is. I know this is true. I know this is bad. I know this is wrong. And if you are unwilling to question it, that's called closed mind, you know, body's projection of mind, that's called a closed heart. So when I open my mind, I open my heart. So self-inquiry, and you could say surrendering or joining with the emotion, that's kind of the, the feminine with the surrender and the joining, and the masculine, you could say, with the inquiry and the learning and the investigation, those join together there's nothing that you cannot transform when you become pr proficient at that process. Um, Byron Katie's work is really good. I have a lot of information out on both of those ideas. But to me, those are the only tools you need to absolutely win the only game you can win, which is the game of the game, which is, I'm going to be honest with myself, I'm going to join with this, I'm going to inquire, and that is all I need to do it to in my life. That's all that I can do in my life. I can't actually do anything else. I can live in my passion. I can extend love. I can do all these things. And when I'm not doing that, I can feel what I'm feeling, inquire. It will let go of me when I see it for what it is. And then I can get on with my business. And, and that's, that's it. Awesome. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brendan. Really appreciate your time today and sharing all the wonderful perspectives and your experience. And uh, uh, maybe you could tell people how they could find you except Instagram, uh, like YouTube website. Yeah, I mean, you go, go in my bio. I'm just starting to put out more on my YouTube, but you can go over to my website. I'm definitely most active on Instagram. So this is a good place to stay in touch as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will be in touch. Uh, I will be uploading this interview to my podcast as well called Spiritualize. I will post it on my YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, really appreciate uh, your perspective and your insight. Awesome. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. Thank See, you. You yeah. See you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye.